Blog Talk Radio. Saturday, if you didn't notice by our opening music, it is our 4th of July weekend, and uh, it's so good to have the ability and the freedom to have the show to talk about sports. We've got a great one lined up today. We've got the triumph return, triumph return, if you will, on 4th of July weekend of Adam Jebedin, our, uh one of our college football co-pilots, uh, and a lot of big news going on in the Big Ten this week that we're going to talk about, and really... More importantly, about that particular story, about how it, what the ripple effect's going to be. So we're going to be talking with him. Also, a little bit later on the show, we've got Matt Hicks going to help us play our homework card. Some news coming out of the Indiana Pacers this week as well. We'll get his thoughts on uh, continued thoughts on the big on the Big Ten story, and, and some you know off-season uh, Colts moods and, and, and that sort of stuff. And hey, what's going on in the MLB? Uh, you know, there's always something going on in MLB on 4th of July. It's, it's America's favorite pastime. <laughs> and I'm going to die. I am literally going to die uh, during this show. So uh, Adam may have to, t- to, t- uh, to-, to take over. My name is Tom Mark Marcel Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. No, they're one of my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. 
And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Kwa Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. If tomorrow all the things were gone I'd work for all my life And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away Welcome back to the balance. Can't get more Fourth uh, of July than uh, Lee Greenwood. God bless the USA. I tell you why. You, you look around the world. This isn't a political show. I won't make it one. But you look around the world. We are. This is the greatest country in the world to to uh, to live in. And the greatest uh, college football co-pilot that we have that I know around is Adam Jividen. Adam, happy Fourth of July to you. Welcome back to the balance, sir. Thanks, Tom. I know it's been a bit. Uh, had a, just a lot going on, and, and I'm happy to be back. Hey, I get it. I totally understand. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're back. We we called the show the Triumph Return because of you and Matt Hicks both haven't been on the show in a long time, and it's the Fourth of July, so uh, why not? You got a you got a big Fourth of July plan, do you? Um, house project. Um. <laughs> trying to get some things done um and then honestly it's just kind of some relaxing um on monday there you go i'm gonna basically be a uh, hermit if you will i did start off the weekend uh, yesterday uh, we went to uh, uh portello for lunch and that's a treat you like portello all right you like i it? like aspects of portello's i think portello's is a little overrated person <laughs> excuse me is a little what i'm sorry it's a little overrated <laughs> oh man, you, you you just killed it for me. I don't go that much, so to tell you the truth, <clears throat> I I don't get the I don't get the the vibe. Of, oh, I've got a friend that goes, she goes, at least once a week. I don't get that's, it. That's that's what I'm in. talking about. 
like yeah. every three or four days. Yep. <laughs> but you know, we, can we equate that to Chick Fil A though? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean how many times a week? You got a kid. How many times a week do you go to Chick Fil A? Come on, be, be honest. Oh, we don't. We don't go to Chick Fil A. We don't. We don't eat out very often, Tom. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. All right. Well, then it is a treat when you go. I have to admit they do have yeah. good chocolate cake at, uh, at Portellas. I like the theme though. I like the, you know, the uh, the Chicago mafia style theme that they have. Of course, it started yeah. in Chicago. But I but I digress. The reason I brought you on the show today, well, yeah, you don't. I don't need a reason. You're always welcome to to be on the show. But we had some big news come out of the Big Ten this weekend. Let's let's break this down by the numbers. Let's kind of talk about how it happened, why it happened, and now that it's happened, what's 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 the future? Um, and let's let's talk about the USC and UCLA moving over to the Big Ten. That in itself is big news. Um, Cal stays out there. <laughs> you see, like let's just talk about the Pac-12. It's falling apart. Um, the decision for USC and UCLA to come to the Big Ten is mammoth news. I'm an IU guy. You're an Ohio State guy. We're Big Ten people. We are, we love the Big Ten, and it's good to see some. You know, we'll have some greater representation, and that might be the only chance that IU ever gets to play at the Rose Bowl. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. But <laughs> in a couple of years. What, what are your first of all when you heard the news? What was your initial thoughts of this? And let's talk about what what do you think was the deciding factor to make this uh, combination come together? Sure. What's interesting is I'd actually heard that USD and UCLA were sniffing around joining the Big Ten like back in December, and I told one of my friends who's who's just as like dialed into college football as I am, and he was like, "No way." He, it was just – it was one of those things because we kind of and – then, and then I was like, but, dude, if Oklahoma and Texas will leave the Big 12 for the SEC, I'm like, it could happen. And the biggest reason that we, that we were thinking that it couldn't happen really had nothing <clears> to do with just <throat> their, them wanting to stay in the Pac-12. It really had to do with, like – or the Pac-10. Uh, it had to do with them – just the distance between USC and UCLA and then – members of the Big Ten like Rutgers in Maryland, which are all the way on the other side of the country. <laughs> um, and, and, and I think, like, from that perspective, it was like, no way. And then the news happened, and I was like, oh, my gosh, they freaking did it. And, and, and I, <laughs> I, I, I think when it was announced that Oklahoma and Texas were going to the SEC, I think a lot of people that know the Big Ten and the way the Big Ten likes to operate – we're thinking, all right, they're going to go get some schools. Like, they're going to expand as well. My initial thought was, and I'll get to this later, my initial thought was they're going to go after <coughs> Notre Dame, Clemson, Duke, and North Carolina. Because it's not far removed from the footprint. Um, you've got some good football schools. You've got great basketball schools. Those are also good academic programs, right? Obviously, Notre Dame. Great mm-hmm. school, Duke, great school, North Carolina, great school, Clemson, eh, but, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's still not terrible, right? Um, so that was kind of the, the thought process. 
and then you said, like, what, what was the impetus? What made this happen? And I think there were three major factors that made this happen. The biggest factor and probably the single biggest driver is money. Let's be real. The Pac-12 struggled financially. Um, They wanted to get their own network up and running, just like some of the other leagues have done, and it failed. Um, They just don't have as much fan interest on the West Coast. Um, I think the other thing, though, that's happened is with the way that the 10 has been shut out of the college football playoffs since, I mean, for a for goodness, for a while. Um, I can't remember the last time they played. I'd have to go back and think about it because Oregon's the only team that has won a college football playoff game, and that was in the very first college football playoff. They beat Florida State and then appropriately got curb stomped by my Ohio State Buckeyes, and Ezekiel Elliott ran all over them in the national championship game. But that's the only win that the Pac-10 has, and I think some of that is is they were looking at this in the age of the NIL and everything else is this is a chance for us, especially now that USC is paying an absolute truckload of money to Lincoln Riley for them to be able to elevate um, their programs um, using the money that they get from the Big Ten through the media deals that are going to happen, these Big Ten media deals that are coming up. Um, Now Apple and Amazon are going to get involved. Uh, these are going to be big, big money deals um, mm-hmm. coming from Fox, and, and it's going to be Fox and someone. So whereas the Big Ten Network is really going to ha- carry um, less games, you, will, you should be able to, with other products, essentially turn any Big Ten football game on on a Saturday, and it's carried on a stronger network, um, which is their goal. So – you have that, and then I think the other thing is just that competitive balance. The Big Ten was really seeking to, to not lose, um, you know, ground um, on the SEC. The SEC picking up Texas and Oklahoma, so they went and got UCLA and USC, which USC is obviously a historically um, tremendous program. UCLA has ups and downs, um, like a lot of the kind of mid-level programs, but. I think the Big Ten is not done, um, and we can talk about that now if you want to. No, I, you know, we absolutely can. And, 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 you know, the thing about it, the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors uh, on Friday uh, uh, authorized the conference basically say, oh, we'll look at anything and everything, you know, uh, following this decision. This is a, this is going to be a big impact. One of the things you look at, you look at, like, power uh, conferences. And Big Ten was a maybe an eighty percent power conference compared to others. Now they are a power conference. They are the power conference. And you know, they, you talked to me about this offline yesterday. There's a, certainly a rumor mill about uh, Oregon and Washington following following suit to the Big Ten. There's been no official statement of that, but it's certainly been things that have been talked about and are on the table. So you look at the two power conferences now, really. There's a, we could say other power. You could say SEC is a power conference, maybe when it comes to football. But really, when you talk about actual overall power conferences, when it comes to all sports, um, you look at now, officially, you look at the Big Ten. But you always look at the ACC as one of the power conferences. And you got you got to look at the, the, the president of, a, of a, 
uh, the ACC, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, although I should, he was what helped kill the CFP, but that's neither here nor there. You gotta, you gotta know that this has got to be draining on him big time. And so, what does he do? His his savior is to go get Notre Dame to, on the football side to join the ACC. Uh, would you agree with that thought? That's got to happen for <laughs> ACC, and Notre Dame's not going to do that. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's the thing is, is that the talk is not just Oregon and Washington. The Big Ten, if they right now. They want Oregon and Washington, which moves them to 18. 18 is a weird number. They want to get to 20. And the other two teams is Notre Dame. So shouldn't they change and, the name? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they would need to. Um, but the other, the other talk is Notre Dame and then potentially a Stanford or a Clemson or a, like a Miami. Um, they're going – the Big Ten's going hard after big, big, big names. Now, the ACC, I could see what – I can ultimately see what's going to happen is the ACC folds some of its members into the into the SEC as well. Um, so yeah, the ACC. Here's here's reality is is when everybody else was ex- like when the Big Ten and the SEC were expanding, what should have happened for the ACC and the Big Twelve is they just should have combined into one super conference. And instead, what they tried to do is pick up some other smaller schools, you know, like West Virginia, Cincinnati. Um, to try to stay relevant, and they're just getting left in the dust. So the move that they should have made, they should have made years ago, and they just kind of missed the boat. Well, you know, UCLA and U- USC, they they now have made this thing a, a huge, huge event for the Big Ten. We're, we're Big Ten guys. You're Ohio State. It doesn't get any bigger than Big Ten in Ohio State. I'll give you that when it comes to football. But what do you think, uh, as far as the traditional Big Ten? So what, what's this mean for Iowa? Maybe Iowa says, "Hey." So maybe the Pac-12 starts says, "Hey, you know, maybe we start showing some love to schools that that aren't getting. Maybe they start showing the love to other schools." But you know, Pac- Rutgers enjoys being part of the of the Big Ten. But when you break it down, they're the redheaded stepchild. Uh, you know, they are. And so they just came as part of a package. Would it be easy for a division like the Pac-12? But there again, you can look at it on the other side. Hey, I'm in the Big Ten, and and I'm secure. I'm not going anywhere. So I think it's going to be very difficult for, uh, say, the Pac-12, or insert name here, to lure anybody away from the Big Ten at this point at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody from the Big Ten is going to leave. The money's just going to be too big. Like yeah, the, the, exactly. the deal, and that's the thing too. School, so many schools like Rutgers, because this is the other major thing about the Big Ten. The Big Ten is trying to yes win on the football field, and everybody's talking about this in relevance to their football. But the Big Ten also loves having a strong basketball conference. I mean, USC is a is a solid basketball program especially of late, and, and UCLA, everybody knows, is historically one of the best two basketball programs in the <clears throat> sport. And, and if they can just get there, you know, with the right coach at UCLA, they can turn things around instantly. Um, and, and so from that perspective, but then, but then the Big Ten also wants to win at what are called non-money sports or what we would affectionately call the Olympic sports. The Big Ten is great at lacrosse, 
at rugby and USC and UCLA are the two best rugby programs in the country. Um, uh, they want to excel in things like swimming and archery and tennis. Ohio State has for years fielded the best men's tennis program in the country. Um, and a lot of that's because of funding that the school is able to get from the Big Ten Network that nobody <laughs> else can get that they can funnel into those programs. Um, so I think that's the thing is, is that you're not going to see some of these smaller schools step away because they're going, I can't win at football because the, the money provided by the Big Ten Network and by the conference with these TV deals allows them to excel at other things, not just on the sports you know, pitch or field, but it allows them to excel and do things at the university that they couldn't otherwise do. Because you know that money is also being funneled directly into the school to redevelop programs and buildings mm-hmm. and, and all of these things that come with being a university. Like everybody looks at the impact on the football field, and yes, that is substantial, but the impact on the football field resonates deeply to the impact on the rest of the school. Um, and I think that's what people are forgetting. At the end of the day, these are still universities, and especially in a post-COVID environment um, where every university dealt with massive revenue losses um, as a result of students not being on campus for like a year and a half in the case of UC- USC and UCLA, um, that this is a way for them to kind of help recover for their institution as a state-funded institution. Well, the good, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm, hopefully I'm, I'm going to see a, uh, a big improvement with, with the Big Ten. But, you know, it, 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 announcement was made Thursday, I believe. It doesn't happen until 2024. So there's, there's a lot of talking yeah. and, and, and things to happen. But it will be, the, the, for, for now, at least what we know now, the only conference that goes coast to coast. And that is going yeah. to really, really help schools like Iowa in, on the recruiting trail, you know, welcoming, you know, yeah. two California schools up, uh, you know, na- nationwide recruiting. And, 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 you know, for a while, uh, for, uh, for Iowa, in a way, that wasn't, uh, wasn't present, very much available. Although uh, they, they did find that, that kid from um, uh, California, TJ Hall, in their 2022 recruiting class, and I believe he was ranked number 43 uh, player in the state. His overall ratings uh, made him, you know, a top five prospect for Iowa. But schools like Iowa, now Ohio State, that's 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 not an issue. But schools like Iowa, the ability to have that pool to recruit from now has just expanded immensely. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing is that for the smaller schools, the non-brand schools, again, like. The Ohio State, the Penn State, the Notre Dames, you know, some of the SEC powers, um, Texas, Oklahoma, like they can, they, they don't, they don't have to try to go sell their program because they get eyeballs every Saturday, right? Um, I think, I think the schools that's going to help are, and, 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 and keep in mind, schools have been recruiting nationally for a long time, um, but this just makes it a stronger presence. Um, schools like Iowa, schools like Purdue, schools like IU. IU has done a good job recruiting Florida um, over the years, but now if they can do a good job recruiting Florida and recruiting California, yeah, that could really raise your profile. Um, so I, I think overall 
it's a big win. We saw this effect happen when the Big Ten added Maryland and Rutgers. You started seeing more East Coast kids that would normally go to some of the Carolina schools or obviously some of the ACC schools were coming over to the Big Ten as well. Um, so if we can have that similar effect um, on the, the West Coast that we did on the East Coast, um, to, to, to in, you know to, to come and and, and and infiltrate enemy territory and bring those those recruits back to the Big Ten is only going to help these schools just raise their overall um, ability on the field. Well, I think probably the kindest way to describe the Pac-12 at this point is they're on they're on life support. Uh, <laughs> with what what's happening, and you know, last year was it last year that uh, the SEC says, "Hey, we're going to bring in Oklahoma and Texas from the Big 12." Mm-hmm. So now you look at there aren't a lot of options for the Big 12 out there. Maybe Boise State, but will Colorado State, Fresno State, Nevada, San Diego State, San Jose State, UNLV, are are those schools able to have enough juice? Uh, to keep the conference attractive to, to television partners, N- no, and, and, not and, a chance. Yeah, I, I really, if the conferences are smart, the first thing that I'm doing for the new Pac-12 commissioner, Pac-10 commissioner, I am getting the Big 12 commissioner on the phone and saying, can we look at a partnership? I think they have to. Mm-hmm. You're, you're dealing with you're dealing with, again, you, you just lost Big 12, your two biggest name programs. And now you're dealing with Pac-10, you just lost two, your number one name program, and maybe your number two, Oregon, historically they're their number two. Oregon's probably their number two right now, but if Oregon goes and Washington goes or Stanford goes, they have to. They have to. Look at a partnership. You're absolutely with the right. 12. You're absolutely right. Well, Oregon, <clears throat> Washington, and Arizona are like coming home from vacation and realizing all their furniture in their living room is gone and saying, "Holy <laughs> f, we have been robbed." And that's <laughs> that's what's happened. Uh, so you you got to know that that's got to be attractive for them to go. Uh, well, you would think the Big Ten would be the conversation point, at least Oregon and Washington. Arizona, not sure, but. Uh, you you, you got to think though ACC is like hey we we've got to we've got to keep up with the Joneses if you will and that now now you got to say okay what's the SEC going to do so you know there's a lot of these schools and these super alliances that are that are beginning in, in or new alliances if you will and you know me you and Rick you know talked about it on this show years ago that this is what's coming well here it is and we you know if anybody wants to know what's going to happen in college football five years from now all we got to do is you know join us on saturday morning because we're going to talk about we're talking about it right now what's happening five years from now five years from now i wish rick was on he is actually out down at potoka lake on his on his boat um how rude but (laughs) he he can't he can't join us but, you know, I, I ask him, and I'm going to ask you the same thing, what does this do for Notre Dame? Does that give Notre Dame uh, some, some power to say, hey, you know, who wants us, or, yep. which they've always claimed to have, or does it hurt Notre Dame and say, okay, now we, we do got to have some serious conversations. Obviously, it would be with the ACC uh, to break their covenant uh, 
rule that we're not going to, we're going to be an independent, we're us, we're Notre Dame is us. Is that still going to be the case five years from now with Notre Dame? I, I see, I see Notre Dame going big time because USC. Um, There's the, breaking the news. Talk that I, <laughs> I, I, I think Notre Dame goes big time because I think USC is going to tell Notre Dame they are no longer going to continue their year-to-year rivalry unless they join the conference. And I think Notre Adam Dame Jim is the There you go. Go ahead. Breaking okay. news. I think that's what's going to happen. I think, I think Notre Dame joins the Big Ten finally. Finally. And, I mean, think about it from a – if Notre Dame joins, and, again, they go pick up like a, a Stanford – again, I'm going five years from now, 20-team league. It's the teams that are in the mm-hmm. Big Ten currently, USC, UCLA, Notre Dame, um, Washington, Oregon, and I'll say Stanford. Okay? Because Stanford usually falls in line with whatever USC and UCLA do as well. Um, that gives the Big Ten from a powers perspective across – we'll stick it with college football. It gives them 10 – of the best 20 <clears throat> programs in the country. Um, Adam Jividen joins. Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just saying Adam Jividen, that's you, uh, joins us uh, from a long hiatus from the balance. Joining us now with our other part two of the triumphant return is Matt Hicks. How are you doing, Matt? I'm uh, well. Uh, good morning. Uh, happy Fourth of July to you. Fourth of July to you guys. Do you have, do you have any big plans? No, it's it's, it's just glorious. No big plans. Uh, <laughs> For you, may, that may is that is glorious. Parade. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, it's may go to the parade. Uh, we'll see how things are going, but yeah, it's uh, going to be a pretty open weekend, which I'm very excited about. Pretty open weekend. I was telling uh, Adam earlier that I uh, that I went to Portella. We went to Portella Portella Bordellas yesterday for lunch. Now the question is that Adam says it's overrated. Do you think it's overrated? Um. Well, so uh, <laughs> my wife grew up in the region. She grew up in Crown Point. So it was yeah. for us. It was like any time we went to see her parents when they lived up there. We would go to Portillo's in Maryville there. Uh, nice. I, I, I will say the luster is probably worn off a little bit, but I really do like it. <laughs> I like it. I don't go there a lot, uh, but it's uh, it, it was a good treat to go. I like their, their chocolate cake. I was telling Adam that I have a friend. She goes at least once a week. So, But, you know, which is more okay. overrated. And, and Adam doesn't go out to eat that much, he said. So that, I was – you know, shocked to learn that because I know he's got a kid too. Uh, but you've got kids, so uh, which is more overrated, Portela or Chick Fil A? Oh gosh, I, I like them both. I mean, I guess <laughs> that's tough. That's you, tough. I like them both, and I and I, you know, I got to tell you, you know, we're on here. You you and I both live in Avon, and Chris does yeah. so much for uh, this community here. I, I would never say anything bad about Chick Fil A because. Chris, oh, I love Chris just does a wonderful, so, so much, so much around uh, here. Uh, don't give me. But I like, I like them both. I love them. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a great place to eat. Uh, getting off topic here, you know, we, you said we both live here in Avon. We were out and about in, in Avon yesterday, and I noticed there's a restaurant 
opening up called Raising Cane or something like that. I had never heard of it. I knew yeah. it. And what is it? Yet another chicken place. Yeah, another chicken place. Raisin, but it's good. supposed to be very good. And, and I've still not tried that. Raising Cane. Either. Okay, now, thanks, Adam. Adam, yeah, Raising Cane is real good. Oh, okay. I've heard that. I, I, I hear they specialize in chicken fingers or something yes, sir. like that. I don't know. I We went to on and we we've just got a bad habit of going through DoorDash, but that barbecue place there in Avon. Um, now I can't remember. We just had it the other night. Uh, oh, uh, can't remember the name of the place, but they've got the best donuts. It. You wouldn't think it. You wouldn't think that a, a barbecue place has great donuts, but that place has great donuts. It'll, it'll come to me. I'll I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll I'll text both of you guys. Joining us, Matt Hicks, uh, all-time uh, radio icon here in Indianapolis, has been around uh, Indianapolis for a long time. And then Adam Jividan, our one of our college football uh, co-pilots uh, every year, him and Rick Riggin, we uh, do the college football segment every uh, every every week. Uh, Smoky Bones, I've been informed it was Smoky oh, Bones yeah. that we went to. <laughs> yeah, they, I've, Love I've that been place. to Smoky Bones for a and, long time. I had never been there, and we thought, okay, we, we'd try it. I will warn you, it's not the cheapest place in town, but it is good. And, was, and they had donuts. I'm like, let's get donuts, too. With, we got these with strawberry stuff on it. <laughs> we digress. And, Adam, I, you're more than welcome to stay as long as you want. Are you good to stay for a while? or? Uh, I, I actually, I need to, I got a friend coming to work on the house. But uh, I know you guys are talking Pacers. And I will say this yeah. about the Pacers. I wish I knew what the heck they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they knew. <laughs> I, I wish they knew what the heck they were doing because I, I, you uh, guys just, Matt, feel free to, to extend my rant, but why you just gave Malcolm Brogdon away to the Celtics for freaking nothing is just. <laughs> you're, 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 you're now uh, promoted, Adam, to segue uh, segment producer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I gotta go. All right, uh, it was bye, buddy. To be back on the show, and we'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Have a good holiday. All right, you too. Bye, bye. All right, bye. Adam Jevedin, uh, certainly a longtime part of the show on our college football thing. You know, it's very appropriate to have him. I wanted to have Rick on, but Rick's out on his boat down on Patoka Lake, so. He he snubbed us for that. I guess I, I can't blame him. But I wanted to talk with him about, you know, Notre Dame because he's our, our Notre Dame uh, official uh, resource. Real quick before we get on with the show here, Matt, we were talking about food. And one of my favorite places to go to is not a restaurant, but it's Moody's uh, Butcher Shop. Are you familiar oh, yeah, with that place? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually so, a big fan so, of Gold uh, Gold Cleaver. If you've not been there, I'm a big fan of their butcher shop. They are great. Oh no, I've never been there. I have to try that. Uh, it didn't take yeah, a lot a, for me. Yeah, give it a to, shot. One. I think you'll be very happy. Very good. Okay, it'll take a lot for me to go away from Moody's. Although okay. they're a little bit pricier. I spent way more money there yesterday than the one day. But I got some ribs. I'm going to smoke on on Monday. And excellent. It's me and Melissa. So I got one of those tomahawk. Steaks. You ever seen? You know what I'm oh talking boy. about? <laughs> That's gonna be. Yeah, and I'm gonna you. smoke that tonight. And so, I got that and got some shrimp. So I was like, okay, well I'm here. Give me this. Give me that. Give me this. Give me. The good thing is I don't have to buy meat for another month or two months at least. And we eat a 
lot of people yeah. because it tells you anything. <laughs> 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 so it's going to be a good Fourth of July. You know, uh, Adam would segue right into it. First of all, let's get your thoughts on this bit news and let's, let's talk about what you think about, you know, uh, USC and UCLA going over yeah. to the Big Ten. This is now officially makes the Big Ten, I think, a power conference. And you got to look, and what we were talking about earlier, you got to look at what what it benefits. It's now going to be the only conference, at least for now, that's coast to coast. And, and you talk about the recruiting possibilities there, but you got to look at now. Does Notre Dame say, "Hey, here, we, you know, yeah. we we still got the bidding power," or maybe they're not as attractive as they used to? But you know, the the Pac-12 is on life support now. The ACC is going to be struggling to keep up with the Joneses, so they are going to be going after Notre Dame. I asked Adam the same question. Where do you think Notre Dame is going to be at in five years? Are they still going to be an independent powerhouse? Well, no, I think that that can't happen. That that just can't happen. But they do have incredible leverage. They still have the television contract with NBC. Um, They they offer to either the Big Ten or the ACC – a chance to um, tip the balance of power. Right now, as much as we in the Midwest do not want to admit this, the SEC is the S- the FCC is still the probably most dominant power conference, top to bottom, in the two major sports, basketball and football. Now we don't care to admit that in the Midwest, but that's reality, right? Mm-hmm. The Big Ten would then. Listen, this morning the Big Ten is much closer than they were before UCLA and USC. What's interesting is Notre Dame can tip that balance of power to either of those two conferences or keep the ACC somewhat relevant. If we're if we're truly headed towards a two, three, or four conference. Um, football, power football landscape, Notre Dame is going to be the biggest linchpin because they still have national cachet. They still have the NBC contract. I think that's where this gets really messy because the Big mm-hmm. Ten will want, will want Notre Dame to be on Fox and ABC. They're, they're not going to want to split any revenue television-wise with NBC. So there's, a lot, there's going to be a lot of money involved. Um, I don't see Notre Dame going to the SEC. I just don't see that. That doesn't, that doesn't fit their – this doesn't fit them. I, I, you know, of course, we, we thought two days ago UCLA and USC didn't fit the Big Ten either. But <laughs> I, I, my, gut, my gut tells me this. There's a bit of a relationship with the ACC. I would not be shocked to see them join that conference full-time. They obviously have the scheduling relationship with football, and then they're in the ACC and every other sport. But in the end, money talks. And, you know, if there's a way for Notre Dame to feel like they have a seat at the national championship table still by joining the Big Ten, I think they'll do it. Um, But I guess if I was on DraftKings, I would put my money on the ACC for now. On oh, them going to the ACC. Yeah, going full time. I got you. Okay. They cannot remain independent. They starting in 2024, they cannot afford to remain independent, no matter what NBC pays them for their home games. It just won't work. 
Well, money talks, and money's been screaming yeah. over the last couple of days. Uh, and here's the other thing. This also helps um, just the other sports, the, the other non-football-dominated <laughs> sports, if you were, non-basketball sports. It, it, it helps. But you look at it helps the Big Ten get an overall portfolio. I mean, what the USC or UCLA, one of them has one of the greatest lacrosse teams. You know USC has a great track and field team. So you, you think that the sports we don't typically talk about, it's they're going to benefit by being part of the Big Ten. As well, as they, well, they all do. When these, when these super conferences become even more super, because let's be honest, the, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC are already super conferences. But when they become mm-hmm. more, like when the SEC gets um, Texas and Oklahoma in a couple of years, and, and obviously the Big Ten getting USC and UCLA, the Olympic sports benefit hugely because they're ran on, they're ran on shoestring budgets. And, and this allows so much more for those sports – you know, and let's not let's not forget about baseball and softball and all those. Mm-hmm. Like I said, all those other sports benefit from this. And the more, you know, the more prevalent the Big Ten network becomes and the SEC network of the offshoot of ESPN, you know, all that stuff just helps the you know the athletic you know the departments and the universities immensely. So no, it's it, it, you know I'm not like it's you know horrible. I, I, I'm, I guess I'm a little more indifferent, maybe to borderline excited about it because I, I'm, I'm worried what happens to the Rose Bowl now with the Pac-12, or I guess now Pac-10 again, um, becoming essentially irrelevant, um, especially if the rumor is true about Oregon maybe coming with Notre Dame. Oregon and Washington, year. yeah. And Washington. Yeah. Well, there's, there's some issues with both those things. There might be some legislative uh, prevention from both those universities joining the Big Ten. I read about this yesterday. Long story oh, okay. short, uh, Washington State and Oregon State are are talking about maybe trying to enact a bill quickly about public money and not being able to play your rival. It, 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 it was very complicated, but I could see that being a holdup. But regardless, you know, uh, we'll see. I yeah, I, I, Notre Dame can't remain independent for two more years. They're they're going to have to make a decision, and I know that's kind of against everything um, that that they've stood for for a long, long time. But it's it's time, and that's the way modern collegiate sports are headed, especially football and basketball. It's just the way it's going. <laughs> well, speaking of basketball, let's uh, go on over here to the Indiana Pacers. As uh, as Adam was saying, what the, what the H is going on with in the minds of uh, Kevin Pritchard and Rick Carlisle and the leadership over there at the Pacers. I think this move of, uh, in the free agency of the Pacers agreed to trade Malcolm Brogdon to the Boston Celtics in exchange for Daniel Theostias and Aaron Nesmith, sorry, uh, Nick Sockett and Malik Fitz and one Morgan. You know what? I screw it. Everybody's name has to now be Dan, Aaron, or Matt. Uh, That's it. <laughs> In the first round pick. Does this does this make the Pacers look desperate? It's almost like the Boston Celtics. Are, oh, you'll give me this? Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm not going to play. We just went to the uh, NCAA. I got that in my mind. We just went to the NBA uh, championship. Uh, you know, yeah, we'll we'll take these guys off your hand. Don't worry about it. What the heck? I mean, and then we got well, some other stuff to talk I, about with the Pacers, but they're a hot mess. 
Well, they aren't. I actually, I disagree. I think this is a very shrewd okay. move. Uh, I think this is, um, this is, so they are in a rebuild, which, which, you know, guys, guys, you know, my age, That's age true. we've never seen the Pacers do this. We, we don't know what this right. is in Indiana. And uh, they're, they're doing it actually textbook. Here's, here's a guy in Malcolm Brogdon. They tried to play him alongside Halliburton for about 20 games last year. And if you ever talk to Mark Monteith, Mark Monteith will tell you about 20 games. And you, it, I do too. He's, he's very, he's just, we, we agree on so many different things about basketball. But one thing that I totally agree with him on is he'll tell you about 20 games and you know what you've got. Well, they played Halliburton and Brogdon about 22 games together last year, and they were terrible together. They were horrible. So mm-hmm. you have to move Brogdon. That, there was no question. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't pay a guy uh, some $27 million to come off the bench and not, and not be a productive member of the team. And he didn't fit a six-man role with this current Pacer mm-hmm. team. So you've you got to trade him. And here's the unfortunate thing when you've got to trade a guy. Um, the other GMs, aside from the one in Sacramento – they know you want to trade. So you're not going to get top value. However, I think the Pacers did incredibly well. They shed about $11 million in salary. They now, if they wanted to sign DeAndre Ayton, and I don't know if they do or don't, I'm not real sure, but they could do that now outright. They don't have to include anybody and sign and trade for him now. They could sign him outright and then move Miles Turner for more assets. So the Pacers are, are just – making very shrewd decisions. I think there's more to come, whether it be Miles Turner or Buddy Heald. But when you, when you draft a guy uh, sixth overall in Mathern, who looks like he's somewhat ready to play in the NBA, I mean, he's going to take some time. But you want to get him minutes. But Brogdon is just going to take away minutes from Chris Duarte and, and Benedict Mathern. So you've got to – You've got to move Brogdon, and I think they did a great job. Assuming Cleveland makes the playoffs, which I think they will next year, you have three first-round picks as it stands right now in next year's draft, which people are already saying is the best draft in the last 10 years. If you want to move up, you can. You can get three Mm -hmm. impact players. You've got a lot of options there. So I I think, honestly, yeah, you'd like to have a player you've heard of, uh, but uh, I think the Pacers did a great job. I think Daniel mm-hmm. Theus will probably be traded here in the next couple of weeks. He'll be, he'll be flipped for something else. Okay. And this that Nesmith guy, you know, the Nesmith kid, uh, you know, listen, kid, shoot in college, couldn't figure it out in the NBA so far. Kind of reminds you a little bit of Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith's a guy that Pacers well, got there, in the deadline from Phoenix. Our next, our and, next topic. So perfect segue, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go right there. Huge signing by the Pacers. That was that. Yeah, was and I rather surprisingly low. Anyway, un, unrestricted big man Jalen Smith, Smith resigned for two years. Uh, it, yeah, that, retaining him was massive, and as they Huge. were severely limited to what they they could hinder him in free agency financially. So it was a good move all the way around for the Pacers. And furthermore, Indiana was already looking at an almost depleted crop of available big man because, going back to what you said earlier, they're in a total teardown and rebuild. Uh, So it was good to see them uh, make the decision to keep Dalen Smith for another two years. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Well, no, it's, 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 it's just really, it was really lucky. I I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of days ago and he goes, well, it's too bad. They're going to lose Jalen Smith. And, and I agreed. There was no way they were going to keep him. And then all of a sudden you started seeing the free agent signings. 
and you realize that, okay, the Pacers could offer him, I think, $4.5 million, roughly. And then suddenly you're seeing that, okay, they've used their mid-level exemption, they've used theirs, they've used theirs, and suddenly you realize there's only like two options for him. And suddenly it was like, oh, they're actually going to be able to keep this guy. And it's huge because here's a top ten pick that never could crack the rotation in Phoenix, comes here and balls out for the last – 25 games of the season. I didn't even, did you realize he averaged 13 and seven while he was here? I didn't realize it was that. I did not. I did yeah, not. I was shocked when I heard that. So here's a guy that, you know, if you move Turner, which I don't know if they're going to or not, or, you know, if you, if you, if you enter the season without Turner and without Deandre Ayton, which they, again, I don't know. Suddenly here's a guy that's going to play the four for you quite a bit. And Isaiah Jackson's going to play the five. You're a very athletic starting lineup. Um, you've, you've got a decent bench. They maybe I'm just you know just too optimistic here, but I, I just think even if they move Turner for a draft pick or or a, or a veteran, this is a team that should contend for that seven to ten spot next year with with what they have, and then they're going to have another decent three draft picks mid mid first round to late first round that you could package together and move up and grab another impact player. Uh, I don't know. It looks like it's going really well to me. I think they've been really smart. I would never have signed Malcolm Brogdon to the extension they signed him to, but I'm sure there's more to that than what we know. And sometimes you do things because it's the right thing to do. And Malcolm Brogdon came in and played very, very well when he got here. Mm -hmm. And he was a great uh, person on and off the floor. And you reward people like that. And I think sometimes it's important as an organization to show the NBA that, yes, we reward people who – who do for us what we ask them to. So there's, there's probably more to it than that than anything else. But you only had to live with that extension for one year. So it wasn't the worst thing in the world. And um, you got out of it and saved money in the process. So I, I don't know. I just think they're doing, they're doing good things. Are they going to contend for a championship next year? Of course not. No, 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 no. But in four years, could they be back in the Eastern Conference Finals or three years? Yeah. I think they've got some pieces here that makes some sense, you know, and if they wanted to contend for a top four spot next year, they got a lot of work to do, but to contend for that six through 10 or seven through 10 with a play in, I think they're relatively close. Maybe I'm nuts. No, I don't think you're nuts at all. And, you know, I, I was, you're, you're giving, you're, you're giving a lot more time. I, I was thinking, you know, you know, five or six years. So you're thinking, no, you can't build that far out with, with these with these short term deals now, you, you you've got to look at it in the sense yeah, of makes sense of contract length, and I think you, you you're the mark you're hitting for to be a true NBA championship contender is three seasons from now. So two more kind of good 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 to mediocre seasons, and then that third one would be the one that they hopefully are back in the fifty win area and contending again. We're talking with Matt Hicks, a longtime radio guy here in the Indianapolis market. Love having him on the show. It's been a while since he's on. And Fourth uh, of July weekend, we're talking our lo- local hat here for a few minutes. I know we're a national show, but, you know, hey, uh, it, it, we'll, we'll get to your NBA team. We're going to get to some MLB here in just a second. But the Pacers are getting ready to roll into the summer league. You know, Vinny Boat, Boatwright, he's, he's been playing with the Fort Wayne uh, Mad Ants. Um, I think that's what it's called, Mad Ants. But he's been playing mm-hmm. up in Fort Wayne. Uh, certainly after his, his injury last summer when he dislocated that, that kneecap. Uh, and so 
we're going to take a, take a look at him. Uh, Gabe York, Nate Hidden, those are the names that we're going to look at here in the summer league. You're not going to see a lot of, of course, Chris Dorte or maybe not any of Isaiah Jackson in the latter games, but they're getting ready to gear up and get going in the summer league uh, coming up on the 8th is the Hornets. Um, but what are your thoughts? Are we going to see anything surprisingly that we weren't expecting to see? Are we going to see any diamonds in the rough this summer league? Well, it, you know, it's, it's tough, right? I mean, I, I, it, it, it's hard. I don't know. Um, you're you're going to see some guys play, uh, you know, like, like you said, Duarte, Jackson, uh, they'll play a lot in the first couple games and then they'll kind of, their minutes will wane to get more people time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think there's some there's some interesting things to keep your eye on. Obviously, of course, Andrew Nimhard um, and and Benedict Matherin and 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 those guys that were drafted, of course, um, you know, in this in this recent draft, uh, Brown too. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't I don't anticipate any. Um, shocking things. I mean, we know Dwayne Washington can play. We we know that now. You know, um, Nate Hinton is a guy that can can he can he show up again and and kind of earn maybe a better chance to make the, the roster out of camp. Um, yeah, I, I I think the summer league for the Pacers this year is is perhaps less about finding a diamond in the rough and more about getting these, these young guys. And I mean, the really young guys, uh, the, the, the three draft picks and, and a couple of the guys from last season, Jackson Duarte, just some more minutes. Duarte doesn't need minutes. He's an NBA ready player. He's, I don't know if he'll start or come off the bench this year. I, I think that's yet to be determined. Um, he's ready to go. Jackson, you know, you'd like to see him go out and, and give you a, you know, eight, ten minutes a half without getting in foul trouble. I mean, that's what you're looking for. He, you know he can play. It's just can he stay out of foul trouble. So I don't know that you're looking for diamonds as much as just progression in some of these guys and then obviously seeing what you have from a chemistry standpoint and a, and a, and a readiness standpoint from these, these young players, the rookies. Well, it's the 4th of July, obviously, uh, in here in the United States. It's Independence Day. And one of the, the, the things that everybody loves on the 4th of July is baseball. Baseball, hot dogs, grilling, everybody's doing all kinds of stuff. So let's talk a little bit about the MLB. And, you know, it's, there's a little-known secret out there, but I'm a big fan of the NL uh, uh, Central, National League Central, a uh, little team called mm-hmm. the Cardinals. <laughs> we're we're going to be down in Cincinnati on July 24th to watch the Cardinals and the Reds play. You know, you don't have to drive four hours to go to Cincinnati, so we're going to go uh, check out the Cardinals. Yeah. Cardinals are obviously, you know, just uh, two games behind the Brewers in the National League Central. But let's talk about the National League Central. you got the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Pirates, your Cubs, and the Reds. No, 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 uh, no, no. But my, my Reds. My Reds. I'm a oh, much Reds. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I said that, I thought I might be wrong, but I, I for some reason, I, yeah. so many people in this world are, around here are Cubs fans. So, you know, yeah, hey, I, 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 I used to, that, that's fine. I think I've told you this story before, but if not, you know, the Reds are the reason that I'm a Cardinals fan. When I was a kid, I digress. I, I saw newspapers. We that was back when you used to go door to door and deliver the newspapers and knock on the door, collect the money, and that sort of stuff. Uh, we had a paper route, and they had a contest. It says. You know, whoever sold the most uh, 
subscriptions or whatever it was, got to go on a trip to Kings Island and to uh, a Reds game. And so back then, I'm showing my age a lot now, but back then, uh, you could get on with special permission stuff, you could get on the field during batting practice. And so we were on the field and, you know, the Reds, that was back when it was a big red machine, Sonny Bench and, you know, that whole Pete Rose, the uh, the ugly Pete Rose. Uh, don't get me going down that lane again. <laughs> but uh, them that played on the team, and you know, I tried to get my ball signed, and and I was just a kid at that time, and and I still got this ball somewhere around here in my office here, but uh, and they they just basically ignored me, like I wasn't even there, you oh. know. Uh, did a did, did a WC field, uh, get away from a kitchen bothering me, you know, type type <laughs> thing, and. Mm. And, and, you know, you would think that I would remember his name, but I don't. And he grabbed my ball, and anybody was in the dugout with the Cardinals got it. I got it signed. And ever since that day, I have been a diehard Cardinals fan. And people thought, well, you're from Evansville. That's where I grew up at. That's why you're a Cardinals fan. That really is not the reason. The reason is because so, – so there is that connection between the Reds no, and the Cardinals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah let's I talk about the National League. Yeah. Let's talk about the National League Central, uh, and then we'll, we'll talk about some of these other ML, MLB uh, teams and leagues uh, before we, we have to drop off here. But it's Fourth of July weekend. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's going on in the MLB and, and with your Reds? They're no, well, back. They may not make it this not, year. Not, but hey. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> now let's talk about the Reds. Just um, a disappointing. You know, it's hard to be a Reds. Be honest. Let's just let's just be let's call it like it is. And uh, you know, ownership is is uh, and they're not and I'll make a secret about it. They're there to make money. They're not there to win for baseball games. And uh, that's that's where we are. And there's a lot of good Reds fans out there. I'm sure you know. And uh, it's a shame because it's a great it's a great franchise. And yes, they've had their share of controversy. But guess what? Most have. And uh, you know, it's it's too bad. Uh, it, it'll be years before the Reds are at all competitive again, years and years, and if, if they ever are with this current ownership group. But uh, that's the way it goes. I still have a red I'm going to go next week. I'm going on Tuesday, and I'm going to have a great time and have a Skyline Chili Dog. Nice. Watch some reds, and, and they're going to lose, and it's going to be great. I'm going to have a blast. But uh, it, is, it say, is what it is at this point. I tell you what, there's not, nothing better than the Skyline Chili, and a lot of people oh, don't even know what that is. But uh, <laughs> no, <it's good> <laughs> that's right. The Mets, they are just a commanding lead. I mean, you know, yeah. they have a three and a half game over the Braves. I know it's it's it's, it's July, but yeah, but they're getting healthy. The Mets and the, the Braves both. The Braves going to get back there again. Yeah, yeah. The Mets, the Mets are a fascinating uh, team because they're not even at full strength. They get Max Scherzer back uh, actually the day I'm going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if he can if he can kind of bring it together here, that's like a that's like a big trade acquisition when you lose a guy and he comes back. So that's um, that's huge. Uh, you know, back to the NL Central, the Brewers are a good ball club. I just don't mm-hmm. think they're great, and I think St. Louis has the chance to be great. And, and part of that is their ownership too. I mean, you know, like I don't think it'll happen in division because it just it doesn't usually. But I mean, you talk about St. Louis. They're in a position to act because of how their ownership cares to, to win, and they'll they'll operate at a loss in hopes that they might have a chance to go to the World Series. There, there's there's not a lot of holes in that lineup, 
but there are a few, and I think they'll be addressed the trade deadline. I just don't see Milwaukee being able to hang on um, through 162. I, I think St. Louis wins this division. I thought that from the beginning. I just think their lineup, one through nine, their bench, their, their you know, their, their their pitching staff, their bullpen, when healthy, there's not a better team in the NL Central. I, I just I think they're going to win the thing. We'll see. Um, and then you go to, like you said, the NL East. New York and Atlanta are both very good. And, of course, there are also teams that can add at the deadline. So that will be the big, you know, here in the next week, uh, week and a half. That will be the big determining factor, I think, of who gets what in the National League. The Dodgers are crazy good. Um, I don't see the Dodgers losing. But could, could San Diego get back in it? Yeah, I think the Padres could. Now, they're not going to be healthy all year, so it's going to be hard for them to do that. But – you know, maybe maybe they could. So uh, the National League, when you get past the Dodgers, is wide open. The Dodgers are just this other – the Dodgers are like the Yankees at this point. It's like they, they just can't do wrong. They keep adding great players. Everything they do seems to work out. Um, they're going to be tough to beat. But, but obviously, as we saw last year, they're beatable. So it, it can it can happen. Talking with Matt Hicks, longtime radio guy here in Indianapolis. Uh, Matt, do you have a bold prediction of who will be in the World Series this year? Well, uh, let me let me let me go ahead and be bold with it, and okay. say that I just don't think the Yankees can be beat. I, I, I think this is a this is a this just looks like a Yankee uh, at least pennant year, if not more. But I will say, I don't think the Dodgers are going to make the World Series again. And I will go with the the uh, the NL Central, and I'll pick the Cardinals and the Yankees for the World Series. So how's that? That's half nice. Not bold. You, you are officially welcome to the show at any at any point now. <laughs> that would be. And a I'll classic. also say that this: a... I think the Pacers will make the play-in tournament next year. I don't. I don't think they're going to miss. I don't think they're going to be in the lottery completely. I think they're going to be in the playing tournament. So they'll they'll All right, be got, seven through ten. I, I really do. Well, we got to wrap it up and put a bowl on it. But it's the Fourth of July, so there's a couple questions that we we should ask ourselves. First of all, what's your your favorite Fourth of July food, and are you making it this weekend? Mm. Well, I just yeah, just hot dogs and hamburgers, and yes, I'm we're going to have. <laughs> Love it. I am a big rib person. I make the world's famous, world famous ribs. If you follow me on Facebook, you know everything I cook is world famous. But mm-hmm. my ribs are my ribs are extremely world famous. So I am going to be smoking some ribs on Monday. Uh, and of course, you got beer and all that. All comes comes a, a, a part of it. You're a, the music guy between the two of us. Uh, what's the best Fourth of July song of all time? God. Well, all time, it's uh, the Keith <laughs> of course. Yes, absolutely. No I, ha- I, have to, I have to totally agree. Uh, so yes, so let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, go through some. You guys partake in fireworks. You know, it's funny. I was actually just talking to my wife about this this morning. As you know, here as we say locally, very very dry. Uh, we we may mm-hmm. we may pass on fireworks this year because it is just so dry. Um, mm-hmm. Or we may we may we don't typically go anywhere. We usually just kind of do our own a little bit. But we may we may go somewhere, or we may um, 
week. <laughs> he watched like the Capitol Sports <laughs> on TV. Because it is just, I mean, we got a little rain last night, but I, was, I walked out there this morning, and it's like still, it's just dry as can be. So I don't know. I don't know. We I may, not, we may yeah. not have fireworks this year. I, I told my long guy, geez, there's no sense of coming this week at all. I mean, yeah, it is, no, it, is so it is bad. So it's we're not going to go to the 4th enough. of July. I can't, I can't water enough to do this. It's just too much. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're not going to mess with going downtown in Indianapolis, although it's pretty cool. I'm like you watch yeah. the, the Capitol 4th, uh, something on the 4th of July, and uh, Melissa and I might play some games and listen to patriotic music, uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Might 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 do something like that, but we're not going to get too overly. Uh, you know, and here's the thing that if you live in the subdivision like I do, I think you do. Mm-hmm. Everybody's letting off fireworks, and my I dogs hate it. And you know, yeah. I, I tell you what, it, 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 I was in the army, and I don't want to get into the whole story, but those fireworks when you don't know they're coming, they will freak the living out of you. So I'm not a big fan of yeah. people letting them off in the neighborhood. You know. Yeah, my so, my neighbor actually, he and I would talk. He was in the army too. We were just talking about that yesterday. Oh, great! He said, Not like it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, and my dogs just go crazy. So hopefully, oh, uh, we were talking yesterday. Melissa and I were talking yesterday that so far it's been relatively light. Usually about this time of year, it's going constantly. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I was a little but, surprised last night was as light as it was. I think tonight. We're might be the economy. Fireworks are ne- were never cheap. Well, well, so <laughs> I can only imagine it not being any point. cheaper. That's a great point. You know, you might be right. we uh, one 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 more thing. We do uh, just depending on the holiday, but we're we're going to be doing some uh, uh, a cocktail that that we that we drink on the Fourth of July, um, and it's a it's a red, white, and blue cocktail. That's a, a a pretty popular thing. Do you have a cocktail that you guys make? For the adults or the kids, not not no, alcohol I, for the kids. <laughs> yeah, my mother-in-law will when we would get together on the Fourth of July, and I think we're going to maybe on this this one. She would make uh, a red, white, and blue Jello parfait, and that was always nice. really fun. But I don't know how to go to cocktail or anything. That would be interesting. Yeah. We're going to make some red, light, and blue jello shots, I think, here this week. So we'll see yeah. how, how that comes out. You know, you, you, know, you know where that started at. You know, you know how the cocktails started uh, with the 4th of July? No. George Washington. He, he was the one that started okay. the tra- tradition. On the second anniversary of the 4th oh, yeah. of July, you know, of course, we were still fighting the Independence Revolutionary War at that time. A lot of people think, well, he's yeah. trying to – Independence thing. There was a, a revolutionary war to get past that, and that's why. Yeah, right. I've not, I've not ever understood. The, there afterwards. <laughs> I've never understood the enchant, enchantment with the uh, um, the British uh, kings and queens and princes and princes and the weddings and all that. I'm like, <laughs> but and you know Jake, but one of the things he always says, "Did we fight a war to get away from these people?" <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. But it was that conversation many, many years ago. He's great. Uh, But, uh, you know, uh, George Washington ordered a double ration of rum for his soldiers, uh, along with an artillery salute to celebrate uh, the holiday on the 4th of July, 1778. So, you know, they they won the war, and and, uh, here we are, Uh, 4th of July, 2022. I think, and again, I – 
I, I won't I won't make this a political show, but uh, you know, you look around our, our 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 world. This is the greatest country in in the world to live in. It needs help. Yes, uh, we have elections for a reason. I don't want to get into that, but <laughs> I, I I will I will say though, you know, the Fourth of July to me is one of the most important holidays. That, that we can do. Matt, I appreciate you jumping on yeah. with us on the 4th of July weekend. I hope you have, you and your family have a great relaxing holiday because Tuesday we've got to get back at the grind. Uh, but to any yeah. final words of wisdom, sir, that you may have for us? Well, I would just, I would just echo, you know, you know uh, differences aside, and we all have differences. This is, this is sure. a wonderful country, and it's the greatest in the world, and I uh, hope we can remember that these next few days and celebrate what we're what we're known for and come together and, and forget those things that we're so divided about because this is a very divided country. It's maybe never more divided than it has ever been. But, well, I shouldn't say that. I hope it's not as divided as it's ever been, but it seems like it is, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, and, and I just I hope we can remember that. Have a wonderful weekend and enjoy what we love to enjoy. And you too. I hope you guys have a fun and safe uh, holiday weekend. Thank you, sir, and uh, hopefully we can have you on uh, sooner than later. You're always welcome, sir. (laughs) I would like that very much. Thank you very much. All right, Matt. You have yourself a good holiday, and stay safe. You too. Thanks again. Uh Matt Hicks uh, joined us uh, to talk uh, a little bit about the Pacers, a little bit about the MLB. We didn't get to the Colts, but... You know, he helped us put on the Homer hat. And the biggest news, and, and thank you, Adam Jebedin, who hadn't been on in a, in a while. We had two people who hadn't been on in a while. We, we call the, the, that's why we call it the, the triumphant return, if you will. Uh, so uh, we didn't get into much racing. Uh, the, the IndyCar crew is up at, uh, uh, I'm sorry, is over at Mid-Ohio. And uh, we, didn't get our, we didn't get our draft king picks in. Uh, but we will get those, and we'll get those up on social media as well. Uh, but uh, NASCAR is um, – where are they at? Oh, they're up at Road America. <laughs> Man, see, when, when I take a week off, and let where my, my, my brain goes. Of course, they're going to be here in Indianapolis at the end of the month. We'll be out there. Uh, the whole balance team will, will be out there. Uh, but we, we talked about today the – the Big Ten bringing into the fold the USC and UCLA and the ripple effect of that. We talked about the rumors that hey, you know, is 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 Washington and Oregon going to be next to fall suit? And Matt said, you know, maybe not. Maybe not so fast on Washington. I guess there might be some legislative problems uh, on that Washington State, as I speak of. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But nonetheless, USC and UCLA are going to be part of the Big Ten. And, and, it solves all questions that uh, the Big Ten is now a mega super conference, the only conference to go uh, uh, coast to coast, and how that's going to affect the recruiting uh, pool uh, for the Big Ten. You know, uh, Ohio State doesn't really have that problem. But you look at Iowa, they've had that problem. And, and well, even like Indiana, I'm, I'm a big Indiana guy, and so we'll see how this affects them, you know, as well. And I jokingly said this might be the only time that Indiana gets to play in the Rose Bowl although they have been there before. So if we want to get technical uh, with my facts, yes. But uh, the, we, we've not typically been known as a football school 
uh, at least IU, more of a basketball school. And hopefully that changes and, and we'll get into that as we get on down the, the, the road. So it's our 4th of July weekend. And, you know, we had some, you know, just some fun facts. I was, we were talking a little bit about the, the fun facts. And um, did you know that the United States flag did not always have 50 stars? In fact, the original flag only had 13 represented, which represented the 13 original colonies. The blue square with the stars is referred to as the union on the flag and should always be displayed at the peak of the flag staff or the uppermost right side if hung on a wall. If you do not see one already, purchase American flag. I got I got some in this week. Man, it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. You know, uh, Matt was talking about hot dogs being, you know, the all-American thing. Even when we were talking about going to Portela's uh, yesterday. Americans eat 155 million hot dogs eat 4th of July. Now, that's according to Forbes. 155 million hot dogs are consumed each Independence Day, setting Americans back $104.7 million for the dogs and another $70.4 million for the buns. Uh, so if you're grilling up some hot dogs this weekend, enjoy. What's your favorite topping, man? You know, let, let us know via social media. Make sure you are following us on social media at T-Balance or on Facebook, the Facebook. Uh, in the, you know, there's only been one president. Uh, this will be my final trivia question, if you will. Well, maybe maybe one more. But what was the one president that was born on the 4th of July? I've got a book. I wish I was this smart, but i got a book. i got to tell you. Calvin Coolidge was the first and so far the only president to have been born on the 4th of July, and he was born in July 4th, 1872 in Plymouth, Vermont, and went on to become the president in 1923. Calvin Coolidge, the only president to be born on July 4th. If you're talking about birth, you might as well be talking about death. How morbid does that sound? Three presidents have died on July 4th. Uh, the presidents were John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, uh, and uh, James Monroe all died on July 4th. Uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson actually died on the same day. Fun fact there, too, July 4th, 1826, and then James Monroe died July 4th, 1831. So there you go. You're loaded up with your fun facts for the 4th of July. Uh, I hope you all have a, a great um, 4th of July weekend. Um, guys, Remember to stay safe, stay safe with the fireworks. Um, with, uh, I mean, let's not lose any, let's not lose any digits, okay? Uh, and uh, you know, also with 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 the drinking, let's 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 have fun. We talked about having some some cocktails, but we're going to do that in a very controlled environment. If you're out going to bars or what have you, use Uber, use Lyft, use a friend. Don't drive. It isn't cool. My name is Tom Marquez. Happy Fourth of July. I love you, America. I'm out of here. Deuces. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me.
first till today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. Well, there's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her till today, cause there ain't no doubt I love this Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.